0: Welcome to another edition of Canton Bound, our uh, NFL-themed episode uh, weekly here at Campus to Canton. As always, I'm Austin. And this is Colin. And we decided with everything going on this week that we just really wanted to spend all of tonight talking about the stock market and GameStop and Dogecoin. What do you think, Colin? Do you th- I, I think that's a, a winning idea.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's it's pretty groundbreaking stuff. Like you don't really see anybody talking about this right now. So, I think um yeah, I think we could just spend probably this make this our longest episode yet. Um I have like at least 2 full hours here free where, you know, I can just lend my stock expertise to anybody out there who's who's interested.
0: Perfect. No, we can't keep that bit up any longer because I feel like people are going to turn
1: this off. After like some <laughs> minutes,
0: yeah, talking about that. Series. No, we're not going to talk about the stock market tonight. Uh, as much as as much fun as that would be for all of us, uh, we are not going to do that. Instead, um, we are going to talk a couple different things tonight: some quarterbacks uh, possibly on the move again, um, some 2021 strategy. We're going to do a little bit of a mock at the end of the show. Um, so just kind of a, a hodgepodge of things here before the Super Bowl, where then the off season really starts to kick in.
1: Yeah, I mean, obviously we've had so much QB news like the past two, three weeks. Like we've let off of our show with it, and we're talking about three guys today who we didn't even talk about on any of those other ones. So I think you're going to see just a ton of QB news all off season. So you could pretty much look forward to this being a staple of the show fairly regularly
0: yeah what did Schefter say that he like uh there could be like 18 new starting quarterbacks or you know like on different rosters starting next year which is pretty crazy um
1: yeah I I saw I thought it said like 15 and he was taking the over on it yeah
0: yeah that's I mean that's it's over half the league I can't really remember an off season like that
1: um no that's wild I mean I I would still be surprised if that many move. I think you're probably going to see more in like the six to eight range, but that's still unprecedented. That's still not something you've ever we've ever seen before. Yeah.
0: Um, the problem, I, I think, a lot of those guys are going to end up staying places like Ben Roethlisberger. Right. I think plays another year. Like guys like that. I don't. I think they're they're not going to end up moving uh, much to my sh- chagrin.
1: <laughs> yeah, and I think. People put Dak on that list too, but I, I would still be surprised if the Cowboys move off of Dak. Um, and I, at this point, it's not sounding like Wentz is really going to be on the move. It sounds like they're going to try and keep both of them and really work that out. Um, I mean, obviously long off season, so hard to say, but I do think it's going to be a lot of hype for not as much movement, but it'll still be unprecedented movement, like we were saying.
0: Yeah, yeah, we'll we'll end up being disappointed either way. Um, right. fir- so first one here is Matt Stafford. I think he's probably um, outside of Deshaun Watson, who we talked about last show. Probably the biggest, or at least most established name that would be is more likely than not to be on the move. It's rumored. I've been hearing the past twenty four hours, people are starting to say that he's pro- he might be going to San Fran, which would be oh. an interesting marriage with, um, uh, Shanahan. Uh, where, like, have you, do, do you have a preferred place for him? Would you be okay with him in San Fran? How much do you think that boosts his stock? Um, just hit us with it all.
1: Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, I think San Fran is one that would be really interesting. Uh, I know when this new, news first broke, um, I mentioned on Twitter, uh, about it and I, I, uh, man, I'm drawing a blank on the guy's name. Um, it was a fantasy account. It was a, it was a logo um sorry if if you're listening and i can't remember your name right now but he and i were having a little bit of a back and forth and he had mentioned san fran as a as a good spot and i think that is intriguing with all the weapons that they have there Uh, but i don't know if stafford fits what kyle shanahan likes to do as much um kyle shanahan kind of seems to to kind of prefer things a little bit shorter um you know a little bit quick hitting um and you know, Stafford's got that big arm. So he's definitely more of a vertical passer. Uh, Shanahan also kind of seems to like to let guys roll out a little bit more. Um, so, and I don't, not saying Stafford can't do that, but it's not necessarily one of his strengths. Uh, so, I mean, that's definitely an intriguing landing spot. But like I said on Twitter, my favorite spot would still be Denver. Um, I mean, with yeah. all of the, the weapons there. Um, I think he would, he and Cortland Sutton would be a fantastic match together. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, know, then, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then go ahead. And then he got Jerry Judy underneath too, and you got Noah Fant tearing up the seams. Um, you know, KJ Hamler's got nothing but speed, so you know I think I, li- I like those weapons a lot too. And I think they're a much better team overall than like kind of what they showed this year. I think they're they're kind of a quarterback away.
0: Yeah, I mean they were well they were obliterated by injuries this year too. Yeah, um, so you got to figure they'll probably be at least a little bit luckier next
1: year on that side of things yeah for sure um I did actually see something today Uh, I think it was Schefter and Rappaport were tweeting it out I saw like that the Rams were going to get in the mix which that kind of makes things interesting too
0: yeah I I never know what to think of the Rams they're one of those teams they're just pressed right up against the cap so they have to move cap to to go along with it um because they have been rumored to be getting rid of Jared Goff. I mean, I guess that just walks us into our next person who we were going to talk about with Goff and Wolford. Um, I I don't know what to make of them at all because, yeah, they don't have any money free. Um, and I haven't actually looked at Jared Goff's uh, like dead cap situation if they trade him what it looks like, but I can't imagine it's like the prettiest thing in the world um, if they end up moving him. So um, do you think they move on from Goff?
1: Oh man, it is really tough to move on from Goff. Um, they do have 65 million in dead cap if they move on from him this year. Um, yeah, it's not happening. Yeah, and then <laughs> the next year's 30 million dollars in dead cap. And then after that in 2023, it does drop down to 8.6 mil. So that's you're kind of stuck with him until you hit 2023. And I don't think Goff is a bad quarterback by any means. He's just not a quarterback who's going to win you very many games. I think he's just very competent. Um, So I know they're talking a lot about John Wolford and I mean, yeah, he's more mobile. So he kind of gives them some things that he can do that, that golf can't, but from a pure quarterbacking standpoint, I think golf's a better quarterback. So I would want to keep golf.
0: Yeah. Wolford's not very good. That's going to be one of those things where if they announce he's the starter, he plays like two games and looks like, crap after teams figure him out and then it's they just go back to hopefully they haven't got rid of Goff and rolling just with Wolford Um, right because I yeah I just don't see that being a successful um, marriage at all because they have a ton of weapons like they're kind of in they're kind of in win now mode it's not like they have an old team but they have like the clock's ticking in terms of how long they can keep that whole nucleus together Uh, but the offense itself is very very talented Um, they just don't have they don't have a first this year right and do they have one next year or is this the um, last year that they gave up a first for Ramsey? I think this is the
1: last one. Um yeah, I'm not entirely sure. They definitely don't have one this year. I don't know if they have one in 2022. Something makes me think that they don't have one in 2022.
0: I get that trade and like the Seahawks one for uh, Jamal Adams mixed up in terms of like what the years are on the p- they were just so many picks yeah. involved and in they're I mean same division, so it's big corner and safety.
1: Um I get those two deals mixed up all the time. Yeah. Um, so I, I think that you brought up a really good point, though, where they're just they're very win now. And I don't know if if Wolford is going to bring them that at all. I mean, he had one good year in college. That was it like a senior year uh, where he hit sixty three point nine percent completion percentage, uh, thirty one hundred passing yards, twenty nine touchdowns, six TDs. Um, so like the numbers look good there. Uh, but every other year before that, like he was just not good at all. Seventeen hundred yards, seventeen hundred yards, two thousand yards his freshman year. Uh, His freshman year was the only other year he had more than ten touchdowns. It was also the his senior year was the only year that he had more touchdowns than interceptions. So, I mean, I don't know. It doesn't inspire a lot of confidence for me. So, I think that this whole QB competition is a little bit overblown, personally.
0: Yeah, I don't um I don't see anything happening there. I think the people that are asking for that are just um not
1: particularly smart, but what do I know? <laughs> right. And like I said, I think golf I don't think Goff's the problem there. That's the thing. Like I think he's fine. Goff, you could win a Super Bowl with Goff if enough pieces are around him.
0: I think he is a problem. I don't think he's the problem. Um if what people always say about him is true where like he still hasn't figured out reading defenses that well like he still counts on McVay to kind of make a lot of calls and adjustments for him at the line um but you have to figure like they have so much talent there that I feel like you can just work around like you can work around that a lot problem a lot easier than you can work around like your quarterback not being able to throw or like
1: do anything else which is what you would be subjecting yourself to if you put Wolford in there yeah, and no, I yeah I definitely agree with that. I mean, you're you're right. He is a problem, but not the problem. Um, obviously, they'll have to kind of add another piece on the line potentially, depending on Whitworth. Like he's like right at the end of his years there. I think everything says he's coming back right now, but if he doesn't, that would be the bigger concern. You would need to address that before you would worry about the quarterback.
0: Yeah, I I mean he's going to play forever. I thought like I thought that. <laughs> I've, I had to assume that he rushed himself back to play this year that he would probably come back for one more year.
1: Yeah, that's kind of what I would think too, but I don't think it's a guarantee. Yeah. Yeah. I mean he's
0: he's like gray, like completely gray out there. It's so <laughs> weird he looks so much older than he is. Just like this old man just whooping dudes asses out there. Um so the other one that we have like zero information on is Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay. Um and this is like, it's like so much speculation, but I feel like a lot of these cases this off season are, do require like three or four levels of like, well, if this happens and then this happens, and then this happens. Um, so uh, Aaron Rodgers with his cryptic post game messages last week could be on the move as well. He's obviously at least reportedly not happy with the team for not really ha- helping him out in the draft last year, drafting, you know, the first three picks of, backup backup quarterback, a backup running back, and then a H-back turned tight end that missed almost the entire season. I think I saw somebody say like of their first like seven picks or something, like only one of them played any snaps in the playoffs or something like that. So um, they made a bunch of picks, but they weren't uh, they definitely weren't win now with a quarterback that's 37 years old. You'd think maybe they should have been a little more win now. And it seems like Aaron thinks that as well. So um, hell hath no fury like Aaron Rodgers scorned. Um, where, if he were to move, where would you want him to go besides the Falcons?
1: <laughs> um, I, so as much as I would love Aaron Rodgers on the Falcons, actually, I don't think that would be a smart move for the Falcons just because they're kind of time to hit the reset button there and that's not what he's doing. But I mean, where, where don't you want to see him go? I mean, I think the The list of teams that would be not interested in Aaron Rodgers is much, much shorter than the list of teams that would be. Um, So, I mean, I think you immediately plug him into New Orleans and, you know, now they're automatically back in the Super Bowl again. So, I mean, I think that would be a fantastic landing spot for him. Um, You you know, you got to figure with how many times he's gone up against um, uh, Sean Payton that he probably has a ton of respect for him as well. So, you know, he, Sean Payton might be able to uh, not control him, but like kind of manage him a little bit, you know, because we all know everybody kind of knows about Roger's personality and he's not, not the uh, sunshine and roses guys. That's a guy's going to everybody's going to get along with. But I think that um, I think that Payton would be a, a, able to handle that. So I think New Orleans would be a great landing spot for him. Now, the problem with that one is the cap because i mean Rodgers does have 31 million dead cap this year um so it's going to make it difficult for him to move and then the year after that it's like 17 which is a little bit more doable but the saints are so strapped cap wise that i don't know if they would be able to pull that one off but it would be my favorite landing spot i think
0: <clears throat> it's pretty amazing when you're on spot track um that it says on Aaron Rodgers after twenty twenty one potential out and it's seventeen point yeah. two mil dead cap, but yeah. comparing it to the past four years in twenty eighteen it was eighty mil, twenty nineteen <laughs> was fifty nine mil, and then this past year is fifty three. So I mean, relatively speaking, I guess that isn't out. Um, I did have so I have a follow up question here. I think it's a fun one. Say you're a team that has a need a quarterback and you have enough cap space to absorb any of these guys. Who do you think presents the best value in a trade? Like, it would rank the three in the order like cheapest to most expensive? Because like, Goff's the youngest, but he's probably the worst of the three. Then you have Stafford, who's probably the middle tier option, and then you have Rogers, who's a bit older, but obviously probably still has a couple more years on the top.
1: Yeah, that's a that's a great question. I think I think Golf would definitely be the one that I would want the least for sure um and then after that it's pretty close for me between stafford and Rodgers because yeah you're gonna get you know rogers is 38 so you're gonna get two or he's 37 now he's gonna be 38 um that you're gonna get like two to three years of still elite production probably and you know but like we've said before like you know two to three years is really the window that you're looking for in fantasy and i think that that translates a little bit to the NFL as well. I think they kind of think in two to three year chunks as well. So you can definitely win and keep a window open for a couple years with Rodgers, but with Stafford, you know, with Stafford, he's 32, I believe. And, you know, now you're looking at seven years of really solid production. So, I think I would probably lean Stafford just for the longevity of it, and I, his contract is also a little bit better than Rogers as, as well. I believe.
0: Yeah, that's a close one for me. Um, it would really depend on the rest of my roster. I figured Jared Goff would be like our by far our third choice <laughs> of the three. Yeah, um, yeah. Unless you really believe that you can, you know, uh, coach him up a little bit, but you got to figure if McVeigh. <laughs> you know, doesn't have him looking like a genius out there, then there's probably nobody else that's going I mean, maybe Andy Reed. I mean, I, I can't think of that many other offensive minds in the NFL that, that I would say, okay, maybe they can get some more out of Jared Goff.
1: Yeah, I don't, if McVeigh can't, like you said, Reed, maybe, um, I don't really know how much he would fit in Shanahan's system either. Uh, but Shanahan also tends to like lean a little bit more on the run, so you could kind of hide him a little bit more there potentially. But you know, beyond those three, I don't really have anybody that I would think that would be able to do a better job uh, of turning him into not a a liability because I don't think he's a liability right now, but turn him into a productive and use more useful option. Yeah,
0: I, I yeah I I pretty much completely agree with that sentiment. Um, so it'll be interesting to see where some of those play out. And obviously, we're not talking about um, Deshaun Watson tonight. We talked about him on
1: the last show, two shows ago. I think we've talked about him twice now to open shows. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah that sounds about right. So um, we're gonna let, we'll let that play out for another week or two, um, and then see if there's been any movement there. Uh, if anybody's called the other's bluff. Um, so. Uh, we want to talk just a little bit of rookie strategy here tonight. Uh, As we start swinging into the off season here, we want to start um, focusing because you can only do so many. um, uh, What do we think of the incoming rookies? We, you know, the spotlight's and freshmen who's going to a new team that we think is going to break out. You can only do that on the show so many times before it's just, you're talking about the same guys over and over again. So, um, do we we're going to start talking a little more strategy, and we're going to kind of vary up how you know what we talk about or who we talk about tonight on this side of the show. We want to talk a little bit about our general kind of thoughts on rookie picks, how we treat rookie picks, or in C two C's how we value incoming rookies just as a whole compared to um, more established, I guess you could say, NFL players. Um, so we just have a couple of different questions or topics within this here to to discuss a little bit tonight and the first one's just our general um approach to either acquiring or devaluing rookie picks so how do you view
1: those assets Colin yeah so I mean especially in regular dynasty leagues um I'm constantly looking to churn the bottom of my roster and get as many picks as possible so i kind of subscribe a little bit more to like a more of a studs and duds approach where you know especially in a draft like you know you kind of come away with some top guys if you could do it in an auction um but i do like to have like the top part of my roster be really solid and then have you know a guy or two on my bench that i can lean on if i need to Uh, and then i'm just constantly looking to churn out the bottom of my roster for for value um you know, that I move, I'll constantly move guys like a Brandon cooks this year for, uh, I think I moved him to you for, um, Brian Edwards and a third. Um, so, you know, I, I like, I do things moves like that where I'm, you know, trying to move a guy, get a, a younger piece and a pick. Um, you know, I'll constantly try and I'm, I'm trying to move Denzel Mims right now. So, you know, maybe get, something on there. I'm not going to give it away too much because I do know that a couple people in our league listen to the show, so I'm not going to give anything away there. But, uh, you know, so those are the kind of guys that I'm constantly looking to try and churn and get deeper picks. You're not necessarily going after these, you know, first round picks because everybody wants to hang on to those. But you can pry, you know, seconds out of people. You can pry thirds out of people fairly easily. And you can still get some really productive players down there that, again, you're just kind of churning a little bit.
0: Yeah, I mean, I know uh, this question's so hard to answer because it really it depends on the year. And I think the nice part about playing in C two C's and Devi leagues is that hit at, like I, I'm a more aware of what's happening in the future um, than I was before. Where like I'm like I'm already trying to acquire 2023 picks in most of my leagues. Um, I know that's kind of far out, but that's even better if you're trying to pick them up because yeah. a lot of people are happier to move a pick that's two or three years out as opposed to one that's maybe next year. Um, I think first, almost all universe, <clears throat> sorry, universally have about the same value for me. Um, like I'm not valuing 20. Well, um, I shouldn't, with the 2021 draft is happening like a couple weeks from now or whatever. So I'm valuing 2021 picks more just because that's on my doorstep and we're pretty right. certain about what's happening there but in terms of future picks i view the 2022 firsts virtually the same as the 2023 verse in value and i'll view those about the same as the 2024 first when they start coming out um just because i think first round picks you generally there's not that much change in value from year to year it's really the second and third rounds where you start seeing some some difference like this year yeah you're picking up thirds and you're going to walk away with you know a uh, uh, suddenly, hot Dwayne Eskeridge or a um, like an Amari Rogers, or um, you know, just so, somebody like that. That that's not uh, what were you going to yeah.
1: say, Colin? I was going to say, name your receiver. You know, uh, how yeah. many of these guys that you think you're going to fall into the third? And I think there's going to be a lot of them, and there, some of them are even going to fall into the fourth, just because of how deep this class is overall. You know, I think you could potentially see. Sage Surratt fall to the end of the second. And I know he's one of your guys. Um, you know, that wouldn't surprise me at all with the way that you're getting some hype for a guy like Dwayne Eskridge, you're getting hype for a guy like Kadarius Tony, you know, people are always going to take some running backs up there and take some shots on some of those guys. Um, you know, it wouldn't surprise me at all to see guys like Jarrett Patterson and Jamar Jefferson, you know, those guys I think are going to go in the, in the second somewhere. Uh, so, you know, I think you're going to see a lot of receivers fall to the third. So in a year like this, you're absolutely right. Like it's way deeper.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, but that's just my general approach. I probably don't churn my stuff, my, my picks quite, or my roster quite as much as you do. Um, I'll do it via free agency more than I'll do it via picks. Um, just cause I don't like fighting with people to like, would you add a third? <laughs> like, Like, I'm just very much, like, if you send me an offer that's, like, in the ballpark, I'll probably accept it. I've just always been that way. Like, I'm – because I feel like – I am in leagues with people where they nickel and dime you for every single piece they can get. Like, they'll be like, well, can you add, like, uh, two-fourths in the future? And it's (laughs) like – if the deal that close, then like what? The like what? Like that that just annoys me so much. That's like my least favorite thing about fantasy football. And you know that there's somebody in one of our leagues that does it all the time. And I text you every time they do it because it just pisses me off so much. Um, so don't be that guy. Um, if you are that guy, please stop. Um, everybody yeah. hates it, even if they won't say they hate it.
1: Yeah, no, I totally agree. If if a if a trade is a fourth round pick away from being. Uh, like from you accepting it, like what are we even doing here? Like why are we nickel and diming for a fourth round pick? You know, in every year, except for potentially this year where you may get a, a usable guy or two in the fourth, it's a complete dart throw in the fourth. So I personally actually will, if a deal's close and somebody's kind of hem hauling around, I will offer my fourth because I don't care about it at all. I can be like, hey, I'll throw in my fourth if that's going to get this done. And then they're like, oh, Okay. I'll do it. Um, so where they're not nickel and diming me, but like they're dragging their feet. So I'm trying to get it done. So I'll just throw it in there. But I, I, just go ahead. Go
0: ahead. I, was, I I did a deal this week that I, that it was like that, like it was, cl- it was close enough and I was like, whatever um, uh, I'm in the program league. Um, for those of you who have heard of that, if you haven't just very briefly, it's a league where we uh, it's, it's a C2C league. It's all uh, industry guys, more or less. Um, and in that league, you recruit like freshmen, like we, like we have like pipeline states that we get bonuses for. And like, we run offensive systems that like, you know, get us bonus points. I'm using air quotes. I know we're not, this isn't like a live (laughs) show. So I'm air quoting in a bunch of this with my fingers. Um, so it like so you're not always guaranteed to get the freshman you want. Like it's it's there's some weird strategy that I don't think anybody's really figured out yet. But I'm not competing on the NFL side. I've been trying to kind of fill up my college side, and so I have Austin Eckler, and um, actually Kane Fassell asked me about Eckler. He has Jacory Brooks, who is my number two wide receiver in this year's class, coming in. I consider him a pretty big piece. And so he was kind of, I was kind of looking at his roster and that we ended up, like I said, like Zach, Zach Charbonnet, whose stock has fallen quite a bit this year. I don't think anybody really wants him anymore. Jalen Berger, who didn't really look that great this year, but had some hype last year. And then Ja'Cory Brooks for Austin Eckler. And that's probably a little light for Eckler compared to like, he's probably got one or two years left in the NFL that are really high end, but I just said, screw it. Like it's close enough. I'm happy with those pieces. Um, and you never know what
1: can happen anyway. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's, we're getting a little bit off a topic for rookie draft strategy, but I think trade strategy in general, that's just how you kind of build good relationships with people where it's like, if you, if it's really close for you and you have to spend, you know, hours thinking like, all right, well, do I want to do this at that point? You know, if you're that close, sometimes just take the leap, pull the trigger you know, it's going to make people want to make deals with you easier because you're going to be a little bit easier to deal with because you're not trying to nickel and dime like we mentioned and you're not dragging your feet and saying you'll do it and then opting back out and saying you won't do it. So, yeah, I mean, I think that has a ton of value too where, you know, you took maybe a little bit less than what you could have gotten, but I'm sure, you know, Kane realizes like, hey, this is a guy I can work with in the future. Let me go back and try and get something else off of his roster and then maybe you win on that one.
0: This is like our fourth trade already in that league. <laughs> and I know he's definitely done it on trades with me before. So like, I, it's just, you know, it, it helps make the world go around a little bit. Yeah. Um, so our general thoughts on the class of 2021 as a whole, is it, I mean, I'm going to ask it like we have, is it strong? Is it weak? It's strong. We all know the class <laughs> is strong. It's a deep class. Um, do you, do you have any notes in particular call on outside of there? Are a lot of wide
1: receivers um, in this class. Um, I mean, we've talked about how deep the wide receivers are. We talked about how top heavy kind of the running backs are because it's really uh, Harris, ETN, step down, Javante Williams, and then, you know, it's a free-for-all after that. Um, So, yeah, we kind of talked about that already too. But I will say that I I think that this is a really good year to move down in the draft, unless you obviously have the 1-1 in a super flex, in which case that's Trevor Lawrence, and don't sell that for, you know, and don't tell that for anything. But you know. besides that, I think this is a really good year to try to move down where there's, at least for me, where there's so many guys who are clustered so tightly together that I'm going to look to pick up as extra picks here and there. Whereas last year, I wasn't really trying to move down. Um, I didn't really want to pick after 1-8 last year, roughly in a super flex. I didn't really want one after 1-8 because... I mean, I wasn't really that high on Justin Herbert, which doesn't look that great now. But you know, you had your Burrow, you had Tua, at one and two, and then you had the big five running backs, and you know, then you had uh, CD Lamb and Jerry Judy. So that would be one nine That's nine. Yeah. So I was these want... in my head. He's like, I was like, oh, <laughs> I was I was counting on my fingers down here too. Um, So I didn't want anything after one nine last year because. After that, then it was a huge tier for me there. So, and I really wanted to get one of those running backs. So, last year, I wasn't really looking to move down. But this year, you know, I'm, and we'll probably see this in a little bit later in the mock draft that we'll do. But, you know, this year, I'm going to get guys at two, one, two, three, two, maybe even all the way down to like two, seven, two, eight that I'm going to be really happy with. So, if I can move a late first, like a 110, four, you know, like the two one and the two four. Uh, and that's just spitballing off the top of my head. But I would heavily consider that just because there's so like we said, it's such a deep class.
0: Uh, you want to know a secret? What's that? So I only have so I only have one oh one pick this year across my ten or so leagues. Um, and 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 I have another league that I have, Trevor Lawrence in. But if I had more 101s, like then I had more opportunities to get my hands on Trevor Lawrence, and one or two of them, I think I would trade down from it just to see what I could do. Interesting. Be- because Justin Fields for me is like I, we've said this a bunch on Debbie Debate. Um, if you go back the last like three or four years, Justin Fields would be my my QB2 out of all those classes. Um, Lawrence would be one, and, and Fields would still be two. I like Fields more than two a burrow. Um, the year before that, what was it? The Kyler Drew Locke class. I like him a lot more than both of those guys coming out. Um, so, yeah, you have to. You almost have to go back to like the Andrew Luck class to like find another quarterback, in my opinion, that I think is on the Justin Fields level of of prospect. So, and I think you can get a lot. Like, I, I think there's a a lot of people have a perceive a big gap there. So if I if I had that pick more, I would probably. Offer it out to people at the 102 and just see what people were willing to give me. I think that'd be a fun. Um, I, I I'm hoping that somebody does it or a couple people do it that I can follow along with on Twitter or something, um, just to watch like their journey from 101 and trade back to 102 and see what other pieces they can get back, or maybe even trade back further from that, you know? Um, and and just uh pick up like an absolute haul of stuff. Because at the end of the day, like as much as I'm pretty sure Trevor Lawrence is going to be really good, um, there's still a chance that he isn't and you know these these picks are all lottery picks just you know lottery tickets essentially so picking up more lottery tickets is not necessarily a bad strategy
1: yeah i think that's really interesting um i mean i i like fields a lot too um i haven't finished any prospect grade on him at all but i do think you're right like i think you're gonna have to go back several years to find anybody that i would like as much as i like fields so I mean, if that's definitely an interesting point where you could move back from one to two and pick something up there. Um, so let's say hypothetically you have the one one, and I'm going to offer you the one two. What else, What would you want on top of that? The thing, the
0: thing is, I've heard people saying like they would give like an absurd amount amount to do that. Um, so if somebody had like, uh, so if it's a bad team. And I know like the owner's a dummy and the team probably is like <laughs> never going to be a champion unless they like luck into it somehow. Um, like there are definitely leagues where if I had the one one knowing the other people that are in it and I could go back to one two and pick up like a 2023 first or something, I feel like I would do that. And I could probably even get them to toss in something else small because that pick is so far away. Like we were saying earlier, um, like I could probably get another player thrown, like, you know, a wide receiver two or something thrown into that. And then I think I would still be really happy with what I walk away with there. And then I can, you know, start plotting for 2023.
1: Yeah, no, I think that that's very reasonable. I think you could get, you could probably get a 2023 first and a, just to use the name I used before, Brandon Cooks, or, you know, you could maybe get like a, like a LaVisca Chenault potentially. Or, I bet or you could like. probably even get
0: like a Tyler Boyd.
1: Yeah. That's true. They don't Perception. seem to value
0: Tyler Boyd for some reason. So
1: no. no. Perception's definitely down on him um, after this year a little bit. But you know, because everybody wants T Higgins. Everybody's hyping him up. But I, I like Tyler Boyd a lot too, which we talked about him on I think it was episode two um of Canton Bound. Uh so I mean we we kind of already know your thoughts on him a little bit. So I, I know he's one of your big guys, but yeah, I think that's a great point. You could definitely move down and get and get something for him. I, I just don't know if I would do it to give up the sure thing, the sure thing air quotes as sure of a thing as we can get in Trevor Lawrence. Um, it would have to be a massive haul like that for me to even consider it. Yeah,
0: yeah, I don't know. And like, like I said, I, I, there's no, really no sure things in the draft. So, um, yeah, it just just gives me more picks to play around with. I don't know. That'd be a, that'd be a fun exercise. I wish, I wish, I wish I had more one ones this year, but I really don't. It's really kind of yeah. a
1: bummer. Well, if uh, if anybody out there has a one one and you're looking to move down, and if you trade it for a one two, you know, hit us up on Twitter. Let us know. We'd love to follow along with that. Yeah, Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um,
0: So we'll either call you a genius in three years when it plays out, or we can (laughs) we'll we'll do one of those where like we tweet like four years later and like look at this idiot.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we'll cold cold takes exposed.
0: Um, so I think we already kind of covered whether we're trying to acquire sell picks here ahead of the drafts. Um, how deep into drafts are you willing to pick up picks right now?
1: Um, I mean, I'm looking to pick up picks all the way down into probably middle end of the third, like actively looking to pick up picks like that. Yeah. Um, you know, I, again, I don't really value fourths that much, but I'm probably valuing a fourth this year. Like I would, a mid to late third in most years. So I would still be interested in a fourth for sure, but I'm not going to actively look to acquire it where I'm still trying to churn the bottom of my roster to go pick up some more picks. Um, Like in the one league that we're in, I met I messaged everybody and I gave a list of guys who are for sale. So, you know, I'm trying to churn that and I want to get some picks down there. So that way I can pick up some more of these rookies that I really like, as opposed to some guys on my bench who are like, useful but not anything that i'm excited about
0: yeah i'm looking at my my board here right now and so i have 26 uh round one ground round two grades which is a lot for me i usually do not have close to that many i i think 20 is about usually what i would max out at in 2019 i i had way fewer than that um so if i look at just like the bottom couple of guys at each position on my team i'm i'm assuming i'm looking at one of like for an early third round pick, I can get a Tyland Wallace an Elijah Moore, a Brevin Jordan, a Kenny Gainwell, a Trey Sermon. So uh, a Seth Williams, a Sage Surratt, Diami Brown. I mean, depending on what order you have those receivers in, and your and your league has those receivers in, so that's a really good player for, yeah. at like the three one or the three two. I mean, that's uh, I'd be pretty darn happy about that. And that's only with that's with all, like assuming all five Q
1: those top five QBs go. So I would put six up there. I would put Trask up there. He's going to go probably early second in a rookie draft, I think, in a super flex.
0: I'm going to say this now. Like I know we talked about Trask and um, on the last uh, campus life because we thought he was going to play at the Senior Bowl and then he ended up backing out. Right. I think he might have gotten saved by not playing at the Senior Bowl. Because he, I think we he has a we, we have a bit of a bad taste in our mouth about him, but we he also has the excuse that everybody opted out for that game and that they were just not they were ill prepared to face that team. Or was it Oklahoma that they played yeah. in their bowl game? But I think if he had done that and then he had gone to the senior and not looked very good either, then I think we would have seen a huge tumble for him. So he may have gotten lucky. Well, I don't know how much luck was involved with it. He opted out with an ankle injury. I I don't really know one way or the other. But um, just something I was thinking about the other day that I think he probably actually helped himself with.
1: Yeah, no, I think you're right there too because I think he – I don't think he's not going to move down people's boards at this point. Whereas if he looked bad at uh, the senior bowl, then you're going to start looking at some of the more toolsy guys like a Jamie Newman, like a Kellen Mond, um, you know, and Davis Mills too. you know, one of, one of my guys, so you're going to start looking at one of those guys ahead of Trask just because they have better tools. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, so just comping this class to last year's class. um. It's not like I think people. So grade wise, I think this year is better for me. Just like looking objectively at kind of how my grades are spread out for right now. There are I, the thing is that well, there were more running backs in last year's class that were worth taking, which um the, which I do think boosts the class quite a bit. But there are probably more quarterbacks that people are excited about in this year's class, and more tight ends, which. Granted, yeah. like, I think most people don't really care about tight end, but uh, like, I don't think just like, I, I, I see a lot of people say, well, last year I had all those running
1: back. So I, last year's class is by far better.
0: And I'm not necessarily sure I agree with that.
1: Yeah. I'm with you there too. Like, I, I don't fully agree that last year's class was better than this year's. I think last year's class was their top end was better for sure. Like you said, there's those big running backs, um, the big five at running back there. And then. You know, Obviously, with some revisionist history, you can look back and be like, well, look how great T. Higgins was. Look how great Brandon Ayuk was. Justin Jefferson was most people's wide receiver three. Look how great he was. Um, LaVisca Chenault looks really good. Michael Pittman's flashed. So you're looking at some guys that, yeah, that looks pretty solid depth-wise overall. But those are guys that I'm not necessarily, you know, like guys like Pittman and Ayuk and to an extent, Chennault aren't guys I'm necessarily betting on long term. Like I think they flashed here, which is really nice. But I didn't love those guys coming out. Um, you know, Iuke I did not have him graded very highly at all. Um, and I think he went into the perfect system. So, you know, he could he could prove me wrong and look worse there. But, you know, I think that this class overall wide receiver-wise, I think I think I'm gonna like these guys a lot better, especially the top five for sure. And you can even start getting down into my wide receiver, you know, eight with Elijah Moore and nine with Diami Brown, where, you know, I think I'm going to like those guys more than most of the guys from last year too. Uh, and then you're looking at, like you said, that the top heavy quarterbacks, uh, Lawrence fields, Wilson. I mean, I'm going to put those three up there with all three of the guys from last year as well. Um, at the time, Coming out, obviously Justin Herbert looks way better than what I had him as, so I'll, you know have to readjust there a little bit. But still coming out, Lawrence Fields Wilson uh, above everybody else there. I would put Trey Lance more on the level of uh, you know he probably Trey Lance would probably be behind Burrow and Tua for me, but I, he'd be right there with Herbert. But that's already QB four, so I think this year is. You're right. People said like last year's class is better, but I think this year's class is probably better overall. Yeah. um,
0: I am. I'm interested to hear to see landing spots for some of these guys just so we can start, um, you know, nuking them for something else, even (laughs) Um, because, you know, it's going to happen. Like not every wide receiver can go to someplace that is a really, really good situation. Um, so like, I think we're looking at this now and then like, it's going to, it's going to come draft time and like Devonta Smith's going to go somewhere shitty or, you know, like, or, (laughs) or or Terrace Marshall's going to go somewhere shitty. And then everyone's going to be like, well, I don't really want Devonta Smith anymore. Um, so there's still a lot of shaking up left to do on that level. Um. And I, I always love the overreaction to landing spots. with uh, We've talked about CEH before and um, just some of the guys last year that they got a boost that probably shouldn't have.
1: Yeah, oh, and I think last year's wide receiver class, those guys ended up in pretty much the ideal situation. I mean, Justin Jefferson walked right into Stefan Diggs' vacated role, so that was very easy to project. Um, you know, T Higgins stepped right in for AJ green cause AJ green kind of fell off. So now you, that looks fantastic for him. Um, you know, Ayuk went to the perfect offense for him in, uh, Shanahan so, in, in San Francisco. So that looks really good, you know? So I think, and then you had CD lamb go to Dallas, started out hot when Dak was there. Dak goes down, he kind of fades a little bit, but now you're looking at Gallup, who's going to be out of town. So he slides right into a wide receiver two role. So I think those guys fell into the perfect situation. So I think you you're gonna see people start to, you know, f- fall out of love with some of these guys once they get drafted, because I don't think all these guys are gonna to go to the perfect situation. You know, there's a lot of good wide receivers out there, and I think these guys may get air quotes buried on a depth chart, but I like their talent. So it's more like the AJ Brown situation where, you know, you like his talent. He goes to a depth chart that you don't love. And now, you know, he's a top five dynasty wide receiver for a lot of people.
0: So, yeah, we, I think we got a little spoiled last year by landing spots. There weren't a ton that I hated from the early guys. Um, So I'm prepared to be completely disappointed this year where with a lot of these guys end up. Um, yeah, yeah like it'll be hit. Najee will be in a committee somewhere and like, like somebody like Chuba Hub will go to the perfect spot and then everyone's going to overreact. Um, I yeah. can't wait. I can't wait. That's, that's my favorite thing that happens every year. Um, so just the last thing here on the show, we haven't done any, um, uh, rookie mocks yet. So we're going to do a short one here for 2021. We're going to go back and forth, um, and, and just do a full two round 24 player selection, uh, super flex tight end premium, um, let's call it half PPR for the other stuff. Yeah. Um, I think that seems to kind of start, it's becoming the the norm for most leagues and let's, um, how do you want to decide who goes first? You want rock, paper, scissors?
1: Um, yeah, I mean, nobody else is going to see it, but that's fine. We can, we can rock, paper, scissors. Here. Well, We <laughs> can see each other. We will let's say yeah. it's not like, we're just going to be like, Hey, I pick <laughs> yeah. scissors. Trust me. <laughs> You're um, like, Oh, I picked rock. I got you.
0: Yeah. We can see each other. So we're, uh, we're going to do this quick here. Ready? All right rock. Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. All right, that's you. Yeah, 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 I went rock.
1: Colin went scissors. I did. Well, see, you said you were going to go scissors, so I thought, you know, I was was overthinking it a little bit. I was like, maybe he'll go paper since he's going scissors, but I don't know.
0: These are the the kind of mind games that I'm always playing out here, folks. Uh, (laughs) I'm a dangerous person. Um, So I get the 101. I was just talking about trading down from this. Colin, would you like to trade (laughs) up? No. (laughs) I'm not doing any <laughs> yeah. trades. No um, trades. So I think at that point, like, yeah, just, just, just I don't, it, don't pencil it in. Give me the pen and I'm going to write Trevor <laughs> Lawrence in as
1: the one Oh one. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's completely, that's completely expected. Um, I don't think we need to spend too much time analyzing that one. Um, you know, I can kind of move on to the next pick here. Um, so, I mean, I'm going to go, you know, pretty much pen here for this one too for me and just that one two one two i'm going to take justin fields um yeah i just think that he's his fantasy upside i think is right on par with trevor lawrence i don't think trevor lawrence i don't think fields is quite as good of a quarterback overall but with fields legs you know Mm -hmm. i think that puts his fantasy ceiling right there or even higher than lawrence
0: i completely agree um he is he i'm 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 comping him more and more to deshaun watson as i watch him because i think like a lot of the same concerns that people had about deshaun watson are starting to be had about justin fields um just the nature of people being these guys being around so long and we can kind of pick them apart because we have more film it's just kind of how that tends to work um yeah so okay so then the 103 here and, oh man, this is such a tough one because, <laughs> because and this is, I, I was on Roto Lounge this week, or this week, last week, um, with with Brad over there, and he was asking me, because I have Rondell Moore as my wide receiver one, and he's my highest graded non-quarterback skill position guy in this year's draft. And he was saying, so you would take Rondell Moore um, like at one of three. And I was like, well, this is where understanding my value and what I view guys worth as against what I'm pretty sure everybody else use them as like, I'm aware that nobody else or very few other people have roundale more rated that highly. So I would either trade down or like bank on me having a, a pick later on that I'd probably be able to get him with. So like, I think that's an important and underrated part of drafting that people don't necessarily always talk about. So I think if I'm in this spot and I can't trade down and, and you know nobody nobody wants to, to play ball. Then I probably would take Najee
1: as as the first running back off the board. Um, okay, so you're taking Najee here at the one three. I'm taking Najee. Okay, um, I like that um, because I think there's a at least for me right now there's like a decent size gap between him and ETN for me. So. I think I probably I was gonna go. I probably would have gone Harris there as well, just because this cluster of wide receivers at the top, um, you know, the top four, five, um, you know, I think are are very even for me. So you know, you may as well go running back there, knowing you have a pick later that you can fall back on and get a very solid player here for. And we um, we were
0: just to hop in one on one more point on Naji. We were talking about in uh, I, I subscribed to Brandon Lejeune's um, Debbie dashboard, and we were in there the other day on the Slack. A bunch of us just talking about Naji, and someone was saying, I think it was um, Katie, um, F She's onto the the diva Devi. Um, if she, she's really really smart, if you guys can follow her, you should um but she was saying that she likes to see like Najee was his agent told him not to practice this week at the senior bowl not to participate at all because he's had some lingering injury issues i don't think it was so much damaging his stock you know he didn't want him to re-injure anything and Najee went out there and practiced the first two days anyway in full and <laughs> that speaks a lot to me because the running back position is so physical and these guys have to play banged up so much that i think like he was talent wise, my RB one going into this. And that just totally sold me on him as a guy that I think no matter what will do something in the NFL, like he has heart and you can't necessarily measure that. But I think that goes a long way in a lot of the NFL evaluators eyes. Um, so that like, I, I
1: just really, really like seeing that this week. That's probably one of my favorite storylines from this year's senior bowl. Yeah, no, that's a great point. Um, you know, I like, Najee's competitiveness there as well, and I mean that's obviously one of the things that would endear him to Saban. Um, I think that you're going to see. So people talked about Travis Etienne as you, know, you kind of see him being more the guy who's a little bit more consistently mocked in NFL mocks in the first round. But I think if any of them is going to go in the first round, I think it's going to be Najee, just because he offers a more complete skill set. And I also think that with pro day numbers being the only numbers we're going to get this year, I think you could see him with numbers that are going to make people say, well, I mean, he looks really good. You know, he's really athletic. Whereas he may have gotten not exposed at the combine, but I don't think he would have boosted his stock at the combine necessarily. Whereas with his pro day numbers, I think he may boost his stock. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I agree with that. Um, So one Oh four. Uh, you're, you are up.
1: <laughs> so at the one Oh
0: four, you really take gonna... my guy, I swear to God.
1: <laughs> um, yeah, we're going to go Rondale more now. Um, see the one Oh four is really tough now for me because like I said, I have those guys clustered so closely together and I know I could trade back from one four and still get my number one wide receiver, but that's not the game we're playing here. So, um, I'm going to take Jalen Waddle here at 1 4. Mm. And Jalen Waddle is my wide receiver one right now. So, and I don't think he's going to move off of that just because he's so explosive. He's so dynamic with the ball in his hands, but he also showed a lot as a receiver, especially in the early part of this year before he went down. Because before he went down, he was the one putting up these ridiculous stat lines, and Smith had some good numbers for sure. But Waddle seemed like the guy that Mac Jones was looking at more earlier in the year.
0: Yeah, he outproduced Devonta, um, and everything. I think Devonta had more catches, but he had more yards and touchdowns, or the same yeah. touchdown, more yards. But yeah, I mean, he—I think he was definitely the more dangerous player. Um, yeah, I don't think I, mean, I, I don't think that's a bad idea. I don't think that's a bad idea
1: at all. We're taking Waddle. Yeah, Yeah. Uh, having him as your wide receiver one.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. I think that he's just going to be so difficult for defenses to game plan. And if he can go to a place where they can scheme him, like if they can make him a focal point of the offense, uh, you know, if he goes someplace, I would love to see San Francisco, but they just got two bodies like him there. Um, You know, and I don't, he's not going to be around. I don't think for the chiefs pick, I think he'll go way before that in the first. Oh, my but. God. If you put him on the Chiefs, <laughs> like. Like, that's damn. where you want to see him go. It's I don't think it's realistic. So, I mean, I think at that point now you're looking at, you know, a different place like uh, a Green Bay with Aaron Rodgers would be fantastic if they could use him right, assuming Rodgers is still there. Um, you know, I think Atlanta with the way that their offense is going, you could see him fill obviously not a one for one comp, but I think you could see him fill kind of the AJ Brown role in that offense that Arthur Smith had before when he was in Tennessee. So I think those would be some really interesting landing spots for him. But yeah, at this point Waddle is my wide receiver one. So we'll take him at one for
0: cool. I like it. Um, So I'm going to take Trey Lance next pick here. Um, and it might be a little bit early for him, but I don't really think it is. Like I so I think these top four quarterbacks are gonna go in the top seven or eight picks in the NFL draft. Yes. Yeah, I just think that's how it's gonna be. I think people are projecting like I see some mocks where like New England is picking up one of them at fifteen, and I just don't think nope. that's realistic at all. I don't think any of them are gonna fall. I think they're all too physically gifted um to to really make that 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 bit of big of a drop. And there's so many open quarterback, like we were just talking about earlier, so many different open quarterback uh, positions in the NFL this year, that the, the need is there as much as the, the supply. So I'm prepared to see a bunch of these guys go early. I think Trey Lance is going to easily be a top 10 pick in the NFL draft. And at that point um, I, I talk, people ask me about this on Twitter and stuff all the time. Him and him and uh, Wilson are close for me. Like, it's not like they're miles apart. Just the things that set him apart for me. I like Trey Lance because um, he has—I mean, he obviously has a huge rushing upside. He probably has the most rushing upside of any quarterback in this year's class. He has a cannon for an arm, and the thing that you would expect from him because he plays at such a small school with a lower-level competition, like he—I um, think he understands um, how to not put a team in a bad position with stupid decision making. I think he generally is really, really good with that. Now, obviously, the NFL, the guys are a little bigger, faster, stronger, but I would, I I like that he errs on the side of caution because I'm hoping that he'll bring that with him in the NFL and that will help him acclimate faster. If he turns into a smart passer in the NFL, I think teams have to be really, really scared um, because I think he's just going to absolutely just crush.
1: Yeah, no, I I like Trey Lance's ceiling a lot. I think ceiling-wise, he's right there on par with Justin Fields. Uh, but I think his floor is low enough that it has me not concerned, but it has me a little bit more cautious. Where it sounds like you have Lance ahead of Wilson. Is that right?
0: I do. Because, I mean, the thing is, like, Lance has a low floor, but I think Wilson has a really low floor, too. Like, he, he, um, I really, really like Wilson, and we can talk about him when he pops up here, but I just, he's a bit too gunslinger-y for me. And yeah, I mean, that's just kind of where I'm at. I mean, once you get to these top couple guys, you're, you're splitting hairs. So it's not, uh, it's not like an indictment on Wilson that I'd rather have Lance.
1: Yeah. I just, I like, I think Wilson has a safer floor um, than Lance does. Like, I think Wilson's going to be very solid in the NFL um, I like a lot of Wilson's game. I like that little bit of gunslinger because you can't teach somebody to necessarily be a gunslinger and to have that confidence. It's very difficult to teach that. Whereas you can kind of rein it in a little bit more. Um, you know, it's kind of like the things with like, and I'm not obviously comparing, comparing, Trey Lance to either of these guys, but it's along the lines of Alex Smith versus and Marcus Mariota where Those guys were very good passers, but they were more conservative, and they was just they were not really able to open it up and really, um, you know, have a lot of confidence in their ability to to hit some tight window throws. So, I think that's I'm on the other side of that coin where I like that in Zach Wilson more than Trey Lance enough to keep him pretty solidly at three for me. Gotcha,
0: gotcha. So who is who's your next guy here?
1: Uh, so my next guy, you know, I, and I haven't taken, you just took Trey Lance there in the middle of the one, uh, in the middle of the first year. And I do think Zach Wilson's going to go middle of the first. Um, I would bet money that Zach is going to, Zach Wilson's going to go before Jalen Waddle in 90% of your rookie drafts that are out there. But this is going off of my rankings here. And um, I, while I like Zach Wilson a lot, I love Jamar Chase. And that's who I'm going to take here. I'm going to take Jamar Chase and just because I just have a lot of confidence in him being able to be a wide receiver one at the next level. Not that I don't have confidence in Wilson to be a QB one, two kind of a guy, but um, you know, I think that I think Jamar Chase has a really nice ceiling, and I'm just more sold on Chase overall. So I do have Chase ahead of Zach Wilson in my rankings.
0: Yeah. Um I, I like Jamar Chase. Um, he's my wide receiver too as well. Um there like there are there are concerns and like I, I like I had a Debbie draft last year where I took Sam Howell over Jamar Chase at the one oh one. It it wasn't the first year. Like there there were guys already gone. And people like were in the chat were like, oh, What are you doing taking somebody over Jamar Chase? And I was like, I don't think Jamar Chase is like this generational type prospect (laughs) that everybody wants to make him out to be. I don't think there is a guy like that at all in this year's class. Um, So I think I'm going to have very little Jamar chase just because I think he's going to go a little earlier than I'm happy to take
1: him. Right. No, I I agree with you there. I I don't think I'm going to end up with a ton of Jamar chase, but sitting here at the one six, I'm absolutely going to take Jamar chase. Cool. Um, then I'm going to take Rondell Moore here my next pick.
0: And again, I know maybe I, he could go a little later, but I don't want to risk it at this point. If I'm in a draft, um, just because like I said, he is my highest rated skill position guy. I think that he, I think the questions about him being injury prone or overblown, I've talked about that on about seven different shows this week. So I'm not going to rehash that. I think the, um, uh, issues of him being a, um, a gadget guy are way overblown. I don't think he is a gadget guy. I think, they just tried to get the ball in his hands a lot because he was by far their best player. Um, and even then, like you saw him do a bunch of work within this, the, the offense as well. Like it wasn't, um, I wasn't like Paris Campbell where I think I could kind of like one a hand, the amount of, like, like he's always the guy I go back to for gadget players. Like <laughs> Paris Campbell, He's like the ultimate gadget guy. People loved him so much and still love him so much. And that's, just, I don't get that at all. I don't think he's a very good player. Um, and Rondale, like for everybody who loves David Bell, Rondale last year in the first couple of games, um, like absolutely destroyed him production wise before he went out with his injury. So um, he was the alpha in an offense that has another guy that's potentially an NFL alpha. Um,
1: yeah. Yeah. So I, I like that call there taking him at one seven. Cause if you didn't, I was going to take him at one eight. So yeah, like you, and there was a little bit of gamesmanship on my end here at one six with chase. Um, I do have chase ranked ahead of Wilson, but I was also pretty confident that if I took chase, you would take more. So I am at one eight going to take Zach Wilson. Um, now that doesn't negate anything that I said about chase. Cause I do like chase a lot. Um, but I also like Zach Wilson a lot. And like I said, I overall, even if you didn't, Even if I didn't think you were going to take more at seven, I still probably would have taken Chase, but it would have been a little bit closer for me.
0: Yeah, Um, and if I hadn't taken more, Wilson would have been my pick. So, yes. Um, So (laughs) at at this point, I would probably be comfortable taking um, Travis EPN. I running back off the thing. I think most leagues, he's going to go much earlier than this. Yeah. I, this is why I'm probably going to end up with very little Travis Etienne and Najee because the quarterbacks, if I have an early pick, I'd rather have one of those quarterbacks and none of the running backs are going to last till those later picks. So I just won't have a lot of those guys, but um, another guy that's just suffering from being around for so long and people have just absolutely nitpicked him to death. I still think he's a very talented player and
1: I think he can do really well in the NFL. Yeah, I think he's a really talented player too. Um, I, I like ETN. I don't love him. So, I mean, if you can get him at one nine, like that's fantastic value. But I don't think that that's going to be very common where you're going to see him fall that far. Um, so I probably, I also probably would have taken uh, Kyle Pitts here. Uh, that's who I'm going to take here at one ten. I probably would have taken him over ETN. Uh, In a TE, in a tight end premium league, uh, because I think Pitts has tight end one ceiling, Um, you know, a tight end one overall ceiling, because I mean, yes, Travis Kelsey's incredible. He's basically a wide receiver out there at the running back position, but Travis Kelsey's a little bit older. He's what, I think 30 uh, or 31 at this point. So, you know, I don't think he's going to age out anytime real soon, but, you know, Pitts is young enough that I think in the next two to three years, uh, you know, he could definitely jump, uh, Kelsey and be the tight end one overall.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. Um, so my next pick here would be Rashad Bateman then. And I have, I, I technically, I, my four and five are very, very close at wide receiver. I have Rashad. I have Devonta Smith four and Rashad Bateman five. Um, so and I have a lot of picks in that range this year. So I'll probably like it was last year where I had a lot of like the 103. And so I basically took like half the time I took Swift and half the time I took um Jonathan Taylor because I like them both pretty much equally and I was I figured I'd be happy with either. And uh, it seems to be the case more or less so far. So here I think I'm going to end up with in some leagues I'm going to take Bateman, some leagues I'm going to take DeVonta Smith. This time I'm going to
1: take uh Bateman. Okay. Yeah, I like that. I mean, I actually have Bateman as my wide receiver four ahead of Smith. Um, it is pretty close for me, but um I am a little bit concerned with how slight Devonta Smith looks. So that's enough to give Bateman the edge over Smith. I think they're both very talented players. I, I like both of them a lot. Um, but when, like you said, when you're getting up at the top there, you're kind of splitting hairs. So Rashad Bateman's size is going to give him the edge for me personally, um, but at the uh, at the one twelve here, um, I'll, I'll I'll happily take Devonta Smith. And I know if if anybody's following along and be like, oh, you don't have any running backs yet, but we're treating this draft where we are each pick is for a separate team. It's not my team versus Austin's team. Um, so I mean, it might be at the end, and we will put a poll out. But, you know, I think overall, if I'm just picking here as an individual team in a vacuum, I mean, I'm taking Smith over Javante Williams, you know, probably nine times out of 10. So I'll take Smith here.
0: Yeah, Um, I probably would, too. Um, So we can flip the order for the second round. We can have you go first, um, just because I know there's some (laughs) advantage being that first guy. Okay. Um, so who would you want to take with 201?
1: Well, now at the 201, if you're giving me the option, I'll take Javante Williams now. Um, after everything, after I just had that whole long rant about it, I'll take him at the 201. That's And this is
0: finally, this is the range that I want to see Javante Williams go in because I think this is his range. I think it's crazy when I see people say, you know, I would take him in the mid first or early first. Like, that's just, that's bonkers, man. I don't know. He's a good player. He's a really good player. I just don't.
1: Yeah, and I'm with you there. I think that. At the two oh one, at the one, at the one eleven to the two oh one. If I'm taking Javante Williams in that range, I think I'm going to be happy with the production that I get out of Javante Williams because he's a very solid player, very consistent. He just doesn't ever wow me, and I think if you take him at the 1-6, now you're going to probably be disappointed because I don't think he's going to live up to that.
0: Yeah, especially in a draft like this year, where there's just so many other players that I feel like are safer bets and have just as much upside, if not more so. Um, yeah, at a different position, granted, but um, no, I feel the exact same way. So let's see. Since you've taken Javante here, um, so my highest graded player that is left is well, no, I'm going to save him. So Amon Ross St. Brown is my highest is my top receiver that's left. Definitely getting slept on a little bit. I think we talked about him a couple episodes ago, Colin. I think you yeah. highlighted him as a player that you thought could um take like a a a Justin Jefferson-esque leap his first year, depending on offense that he lands in. I very much agree with that. So I will take him at the 202. But I think he's a guy that consensus seems lower a little bit lower on than that.
1: Um I'm just I think he's a good player. I think people people sleep on him a bit. No, I completely agree with you. I I like Amon Ross St. Brown a lot. He's my wide receiver six as well. Um, And I think I have him fairly solidly ahead of the next wide receiver on that list there, Terrace Marshall. So he's pretty solidified as my wide receiver six. So I love that pick there. Um, I would have been between him and the guy that I'm going to take here. And that's Pat Fryermuth. Ew. (laughs) <laughs> what no was it?
0: <laughs> What's your problem?
1: <laughs> was that who you wanted?
0: Yeah, no, no, I just just disappointed for no reason. Yes, that's who I wanted.
1: Well, I I'm sorry, but I mean, you know, I think Pat Fryermutes getting slept on a lot right now. I think that ev- people kind of forgot about him because he got hurt like two games into the year, three games into the year, and you know, he was in the big 10. So he started late. So he kind of got sandwiched in the middle there and just is kind of a forgotten guy right now. But people were comping him to Gronk, you know, before this year started. And, you know, I don't really think we should comp anybody to Gronk, but I like Pat Fryermuth a lot. He has that complete tight end skill set. I think he's, you know, as good, if not potentially better than a TJ Hawkinson was as a prospect. Uh, I love Pat Fryermuth, especially as a Penn State guy. So I can't believe you're surprised I took him here.
0: I'm not sure. I thought I could I thought I could squeeze in one more pick <laughs> before I got him. <laughs> so I was really really hoping I thought you would I thought you'd take Marshall to be honest.
1: I that would have been I mean that's that's my next guy off the board just cuz I don't like enough running backs right now. Um I'm not a big Mac Jones guy so Yeah, I mean, it was really between Firemuth and Marshall. And in a tight end premium, give me Firemuth.
0: Well, guess who I'm going to take now? (laughs) Oh, no, I'm going to take. This is probably against my better judgment, but I'll take Mac Jones here. Uh, And he's just having a nice week at the Senior Bowl, which doesn't really sway my opinion of him either way. um, Because anybody can, like, there's always guys that look good there and then don't end up doing anything. There's also, you know, vice versa. Um, I just think once you're this late, you know, taking a quarterback, it's worked out well for me in the past across a lot of my leagues. You can get a lot of value. You can get – the thing about that range is that you can get guys, and as soon as they become starters, you can sell them for more than
1: that. Yeah.
0: So even if you never think – like people did the same thing with Jalen Hurts last year. Like even if you never think Mac Jones is like a long-term starter in the NFL – at this point, if you pick him up, he goes somewhere, and then you know starts two thirds of the way through the year. All of, all of a sudden, you've turned the what is just the two hundred three 204, yeah, four, and, four. and I can probably turn the two hundred four into like the one hundred eight, yeah, or like yeah, three. Absolutely. So, um, yeah, it's not like a super inspiring. Like I'm not like blown <laughs> away by this pick, but it is what it is at this point.
1: Yeah, well, I think one of the things, too, with this pick here is I don't think you're going to see Mac Jones at the 204 in a lot of leagues. I think you're going to see him go, you know, 111, 112. Um, I think that's the range that it's a lot more likely for him to go. So I think you got a fantastic value there. Like That was a great pick. You're just saying that because you took Pat (laughs) Fryermuth and broke my heart. I did. I am. I had to soften the blow a little bit there. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so, I mean, at this point uh, at the 205, I'll take Terrace Marshall. Um, you know, he's pretty, pretty solid, uh, pretty solidly the highest guy I have left here, uh, on the board. Um, you know, I, I guess I don't really love any of these running backs. Uh, not really a Kyle Trask guy and he's the next quarterback I have. Um, so yeah, I'll take, and if I take Brevin Jordan here and take a third tight end, you might have an aneurysm and we don't want that. So we'll go with Marshall.
0: Oh, Tommy tremble is my next tight
1: end. Really? no. <laughs> Oh, i was about to say we need to have maybe an entire show about this because we're an hour and 10 minutes in and we still have seven picks left so we need to finish this but that would have been a conversation
0: Here, here's a plug for our debut debate uh, profiles this week um felix is covering tommy tremble so like <laughs> that'll be that'll be an exciting listen um because felix never disappoints with that kind of stuff um and i mean that sincerely i i really do he's um I, I when he discusses coming to those, some of those lower rated guys, I, I really tend to listen to him. Um, no. So I'm taking, will go Ramondre right here. Um, okay, you know, coming in at two twenty seven. So we we highlighted him uh someone at the beginning of the week that we thought had a lot to gain from this Senior Bowl because he doesn't have a lot of touches and he's he, it was two forty seven at, at listed two forty seven, and he came in at two twenty seven at the Senior Bowl, which is just like that's nuts which yeah. uh, it leads to like other discussions like they listed him at 247 and I have a really hard time believing he lost 20 pounds so like was he legitimately 247 and if he wasn't why did they lift list him at 247 because there's like no reason to list him that big <laughs> I don't know I it did that, that way and like totally just created so many more questions for me than than answered well and it gave me the like the one answer I needed as well. Um, so I, I don't have any doubt that I think he can be an NFL quarterback and that he can be at worst like a Flex upside guy in the NFL. I think he has an even a, a bit of a higher ceiling than that.
1: yeah, no, i I love seeing that weigh in from him. Um, that actually did cause him to jump uh, up two spots in my ranking because, like you said, that answered like a big question that I had. You know if he can play at the same level at two twenty seven, you know, you you like to think that dropping 20 pounds is going to help his athleticism a little bit too. So yeah, that actually he jumped two spots in my ranking. So I love that call there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you're up. Um, so at the, the two seven here, um, I'm torn between two guys and the part of me says I should probably not take another wide receiver, but I love this wide receiver class. And I love this guy too. Um, so you know, I'm just Demonte gonna Monty Coxy. <laughs> come on down. <laughs> uh not quite. Uh, I'll take Elijah Moore here. No, Elijah no, Moore. Con- no concerns about
0: him just being a slot
1: guy. Um, potentially, I think he's mostly a spot guy, a slot guy at the next level, but I don't think that's as big of a concern nowadays. I mean, I think a lot of teams are spending the majority of the time in three wide receiver sets. So as long as he goes to a team that spends 50% of their time in, uh, two, three wide receiver sets, I think he can be extremely productive. Cool.
0: Yeah. No, oh, I, I, I think so as well. Um, I'll take Brevin Jordan at this point. Uh, you know, the last kind of early tight end, the last of the big three and, um, this is the thing, and I think is the argument for a lot of people, including myself, why we're not necessarily going to take Kyle Pitts that early, even in a tight end premium, because it, it we took Kyle Pitts at what, pick 110? He's probably going to go earlier than that in most yeah, drafts. Sure. And, I, and I just got Brevin Jordan 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 10 picks later than him and has, I don't know, 85% of the same upside, at like not that you know much less of a cost. So, um, another one of those where, you know, if you're, if you have a lot of those picks and you feel like you get a lot of Kyle Pitts, maybe you trade down and let somebody else take pits and you, you scoop up some extra picks and, and pick up a, a Fryer Muth or a Brevin Jordan.
1: Yeah, no, I love that call. Uh, especially at the 208 spot there, I was Brevin Jordan was a- entertaining my mind there at the 207, but I mean, I don't know we're we're drafting a separate teams here, but like I, I was having a hard time taking three tight ends. Um, <laughs> even in this. But no, I think Pat Fryermuth, like I said, is being really slept on. I don't think that the gap between him and Pitts uh is that big for me. Um, and then Brevin Jordan is is right there with him. So getting him at 208 is fantastic value. But at the uh at the 209, I'm gonna take the other guy I was contemplating at the 207, and that's Kenny Gainwell. Um, I mean, if nothing else, you know, at this point in this in the draft which i don't think he's going to be here in most of your drafts uh i don't think this is going to look like a typical rookie draft but i think that his pass catching ability alone is worth way more than the the 209
0: yeah i think that's fair um so let's see here my highest rated guy left and My highest guy left is technically Trey Sermon, but I'm really, really unsure about how to feel with him because of his injury history and because I think I can get him later than this in most of my drafts. So let's go Deami Brown at this point. Um, it's a little bit of a reach. I have like one or two guys ahead of him, but I like Deami and I haven't taken him in any of these exercises. I've done it all this offseason. So that's part of the fun of doing these is I can kind of move things around and see what, what I like and what I don't like. So let's toss Diami Brown in there. Who could? Um, you know, he has decent size, good athleticism. Um I worry about the hands. I don't love his hands. Um and I think he needs to work on on um like I I think to start off his NFL career, he's going to be pretty limited to to working deep and then occasionally doing some stuff underneath. I'd like to see him round out his game a little bit, but at the 210, yeah, I think that's a Solid value.
1: Yeah, I think so, too. And, I mean, I, like you said, I, I think this is maybe a little bit earlier than you're going to see him go. Um, but you know, I, I don't think there's anything wrong with taking him at the 210 there.
0: I, I uh, think the NFL is either going to love him or they're going to hate him. Yeah. Like, I could see him going in the fourth round of the NFL draft and it like wouldn't even shock me that much. Um, just because, like, the drop problems. And I think he's a little, he's a little more one-dimensional than people want to talk about. I think he really is. Yeah. Um, I don't think he's quite as well rounded as people um, want to claim.
1: Uh, yeah, so at the two eleven, um, I'm kind of between Trey Sermon and Seth Williams here. To be honest with you, um, I like Sermon a lot. Um, you know, on our episode one here uh, of the Campus Life podcasts, uh, all the way back then, I you know I said that if he showed. Uh, you know, a lot down the stretch that he could turn into like a top five back in this class. And I think you're starting to see him, you know, get right there at the edge of the top five for a lot of people. So I like Trey Sermon here a lot, but the injury history does have me slightly concerned. Um, And he's not, he's not quite what I look for in the past game for a running back. I mean, he's fine, but he, I don't think he's ever going to be a weapon or anything. So I think I'm going to take Seth Williams here. Cause he has yeah. that alpha profile. He does. Yeah. He's my,
0: he's my highest rated guy that's left. Um, I don't, I don't blame you there. Um, so let's see here. So I have the last pick. Oh, do, 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 do. Let's go. Uh, I don't, uh oh, so I have Tylen Wallace. He's my lowest rated <laughs> top top 2 round graded guy. He did really well this week at the Senior Bowl. I still think he's another guy that like the skill set doesn't necessarily match up with his body type and I think we saw a little bit of him like I think he's aware of this and I think he's starting to adjust his game already where he's going to be more of a um a yak guy in the NFL or like working the intermediate stuff than he was as a jump ball specialist in college. Um. So that was a promising sign for me because I thought that process might take him a little bit longer than it looks like. Maybe it will. Um. So I'll I'll round it out with him.
1: Okay. Yeah, I like that. I like that pick there. Um. I like Tylen Wallace. Uh, I probably would have gone Trey Sermon just because I was debating on them. But and I don't think you're going to see Trey Fur- Sermon probably fall to the third round in most of your leagues. You know, I think you'll see him probably mid to late second. Um, but no, I, I definitely like the Tyler Wallace call there. Yeah.
0: Cool. So it looks like that is that we'll post it on Twitter and just ask you guys who won, um, or who, or who you thought ended up with the better team or just what, you know, general thoughts of where, where we were wrong. You know, we guys, we had going way too early, way too late. Um, tell me why I had Rondale too early. Tell us why we had Kyle Pitts too late. I think those are going to be two And Javante, I think those are going to be the big conversation pieces. Um, yeah. we post this online but we shall
1: see yeah for sure but i mean i think that there's so many good players in this class at the top part of it that you know i i don't know how you fault somebody for taking uh rondale Moore over travis Etienne, you know or how do you fault somebody for taking zach wilson over kyle pitts so i think that there there's a lot of talent here yeah yep i agree
0: so that is it for tonight's show um, If you have not done it yet, please go on to Apple Podcasts. If you listen on there and just rate and review the show, uh, it really it, it helps us out a lot, guys, and you get entered to win that lovely
1: um, signed
0: JK Dobbins jersey. Yeah, they, it's pretty cool. Um, other than that, no other housekeeping
1: items, I do not believe. Do you have anything, Colin? Um, no, nothing, nothing housekeeping-wise here. Just, um, you know, it was uh, – it was a busy week for us this week, so kind of glad that we could, uh, you know, talk a little bit more just off the cuff here with some stuff instead of having to pull out a lot of stats and and do you know go really deep into our film review. So, you know, I was pretty excited to do this episode today.
0: Same. Um, so that yeah, that's all we have for tonight, guys. Tune in again on uh, Monday for uh, campus life. We're going to review a little bit of this past Senior Bowl, um, both practices and the game that ha- which you know hasn't happened. Uh, as of us recording this, but it will be taking place tomorrow on Saturday. Um, And we'll probably have some other discussion as well. Um, But until then, I am Austin. And this is Colin. And have a good night, guys. Have a good one.